today's guest, Lauren Golden, the free mama, is passionate about showing other moms how to start and run successful freelancing businesses from home so they can create freedom to pursue their career and motherhood without sacrificing their soul. We'll talk about what it would look like to free some daddies, too. Freedom! The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Welcome to the show. This is episode 140. We're Danielle and Justin, your hosts. And in this episode, Lauren Golden, she's sharing how she and her husband fell in love in the Big Apple. Oh, Aww. it's so romantic. Their first date at 30 Rock. I want to go to 30 Rock. I do too. Can we go? Let's go for Christmas. Yeah. Um, we also debate. We have a lot of good heated debates. Like she and I <laughs> get up on our soapboxes about a few things. And one of them is the whole idea of hiring a, a person that is pregnant. And we get a little fired up about that. Yeah. And we dive into gender expectations of careers. Like you, you're like, why don't we free the dads too? Let's free some dads. Yeah, let's free some dads too. Um, and she gives us some great ways to start um, tackling loving your career and being a parent at the same time. It's, um, so, it's so good. They're not mutually exclusive, Justin. They aren't. No. Oh my They can't God. be. Like the whole work-life balance thing, balance is a, is a weird term. And some people will say balance is BS and don't... It's a myth. It's like it's life and we've got to figure out how to, how to keep all the different pieces moving in a way mm. that's life-giving. Speaking of life-giving, have you checked out Tribe? Oh, that's a transition. I, I like it. No, speaking of doing life together with other amazing couples, um, if you want to work on your legendary marriage... There are some other awesome couples in the tribe that do so as well. So if you're curious, check about legendarymarriage.com slash tribe to learn more. Hey, uh, we also have a free resource wanted to tell you about real quick. Uh, legendarymarriage.com slash seven secrets. Seven number secrets seven of a legendary secrets. marriage? Yeah. Don't tell. I, but I got it. I, I don't want them to be secrets. They're I want serious. everybody to know and okay. then do something with it. Okay. Legendary marriage. So check out the seven secrets of a legendary marriage at legendarymarriage.com slash seven secrets. Hey, one more thing before we dive in. Take a moment, pause the show right now. Oh no, don't do that. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Don't pause the show. Keep listening. We need those reviews. Oh my God. To help other couples. We rank in the top hundred relationship podcast oh pretty gosh. consistently. Why are you bragging about this? Because I just discovered this. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> We've been doing this for three years, but I just discovered that like internationally, we rank in the top 100 podcasts and we want to help more couples. We want to inspire and challenge more couples to stop settling for ordinary and build legendary marriages. So uh, we really appreciate those reviews because they help couples find All right, us. Lauren Golden, let's get to our conversation. Free mama. Here we go. All right, we are so happy to have Lauren Golden on the show today. Free mama. Freedom. All right, mamas. Um, <laughs> wife, mama, and marketing nerd. And she's also an iced coffee enthusiast. I mean, who isn't? Hello, especially in the summer. Um, <laughs> she's got one right now. Yes, yeah, so we're toasting each other. And uh, so she is just encouraging moms to be able to work from home on their own terms, guilt-free. I feel like that is the crucial point in this is the whole guilt-free. We definitely have to I'm tap into- I'm terrible at this. We were talking about this over the weekend. Justin like, is the I, when guilted it, When I'm mama. at home with the kids, I am I am terrible. I am the most unproductive. I, 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 can't, I can't do it. I can't All do right. it. All right. Well, Lauren will fix you. Okay. Welcome to the show, Lauren <laughs> Golden. Thank you for having me. I can already tell we're going to have an awesome time. You guys are fun. Yeah, <laughs> well, we will. Well, we're so glad to have you. Okay. So obviously you, you're not doing the nine to five anymore. You no. are working from home and your kids are at home. And you just said your husband is like 
you know, chauffeuring the kids around from school and back to school, which I'm so excited for the summer for that season to be over the shuck back and forth. I can't even wait. I'm wondering, like, as a kid, did your parents stay home with you? Like, what did work life look like at that stage? Yeah, it's one of those things, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like, I should have been able to predict this as a child. So I grew up with a stay-at-home mom. So that was what motherhood looked like to me. And that's what I always thought my future looked like. I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I knew I wanted to have a bunch of babies. It wasn't until after the first pregnancy that I realized I was not going to have 12 of them. That was not going to happen with my <laughs> person. Did you really think 12? I wanted a huge family because growing up, it was just me and my sister. And I was always like, and we were like four and a half years apart. So we were never really on the same, same like wavelength growing up, you know, like mm. she went to middle school, then she went to high school and I came to middle school. Then she went off to college and I went to high school. We were never on that. So we don't really play together. And I'm like, I'm going to have like all kinds of babies. So they just have like built-in friends and all this stuff. I had horrible pregnancies, a la Kate Middleton, but without the press coverage, because nobody cared about me uh, having yeah. growing up through pregnancies. Uh, and so it was out by, by about like 12 weeks in my first pregnancy, I realized that, 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 that I was not going to have a huge family, but we did end up with three, three babies. So, um, and then my dad is an entrepreneur. So I, it kind of came full circle of like, okay, I'm like, okay, I like what we got going on over here. My mom takes me to school. She comes to my class parties. She's available to take me to all my extracurriculars. She's super hands-on. And then I've got this dad who I see work really hard and has found a lot of success. But the reality is he never missed a soccer game. He never missed a dance recital. He was there when I needed him to be there um, because he was able to control his own schedule. And that was kind of what I saw in entrepreneurship was that, you know, you could, you could work hard and, and he did work hard, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, he kind of got to call the shots and I was kind of like, that, that seems really cool. I think I'd like to do that someday. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I always think of for our kids that I think they think we're just, um, cheating on them. We're home 24 seven because we're both entrepreneurs, but then I feel like you had the designated okay, mom is the stay-at-home mom and dad has his business. I was going to even go further. I think the kids think we just sit around and watch YouTube all day. Well, or just play (laughs) on the computer or something. My daughter thinks I make videos all day, which to be fair, she's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She just doesn't know that I'm monetizing them, which is a skill that I would love to teach her someday. Yeah. Yes. Hello. So now you said you have a sister that's older. I do. And so now are you guys close now, even though you weren't growing up? We're closer. We get along now. We did not get along growing up. We get along now. Um, And what's funny is that it was actually motherhood uh, that became the even playing field. It became the thing that we had in common. Uh, so my nephew is two years older than my, my, my oldest daughter. So she became a mom first. Uh, but I was soon behind her. And then my niece and my daughter are are like one month apart. So we were pregnant at the same time, uh, for her, her second baby. And, and she really became the example to me, um, uh, the current example of what motherhood looked like. Now she was able to follow in my mom's footsteps and she's always been a stay at home mom. She's a phenomenal mother. She's a phenomenal wife. She's a great role model. Uh, and she made me look better at motherhood than I probably actually am. She did cloth diapering. She made all her own baby food. She like, you know, she just, she did all these things. She did all the research about what are the best products you're supposed to have and the safest car seat and all this stuff. I did nothing. I showed up two years later and I'm like, oh, that's what we do. So I made my own baby food and I did cloth that because I'm like, oh, this is what we do now. And I had all my friends finally catch up and they're like, you're a crazy mom. Like, why are you doing this stuff? And I'm like, no one isn't doing this stuff. But to me, again, that was my role model. It, It became normal. And so these things that I think a lot of people think of as hard, it didn't feel hard to me because that's what I was taught to do, you know? And I didn't feel the need to go explore elsewhere. I was kind of like, she's doing it pretty well. I'm just going to do what she does. She gave you like the Cliff's Notes version and you're like, okay, I'll just do it. (laughs) Totally. Now I'm curious, did you go to school thinking like, okay, I'm going to have a job outside the home and I'm going to come home at night and then take care of my kids? Like, what did you kind of prepare yourself for, you know, in your high school and college age years? I think, uh, in high school, I think I totally thought I was stay at home mom bound. I think I'm, you know, I was kind of like, I, I, 
Um, I've always been an overachiever. I always got really good grades. Uh, I fit into the system. I fit into school. You know, it worked for me. My husband, we are not the same. So we'll, I'm sure, talk more about him later. He did not like school. He does not fit into the, the box, the system. But it worked well for me. I'm very type A. I'm very organized. I like a schedule. I like a plan. So I did very well in school. I was very involved in extracurriculars. Uh, but the reality is that I then um, went on and uh, did very well in college and met my husband my senior year of college. And um, we got married shortly after that. And by the time we found out that we were pregnant, all of a sudden, the conversation I'd been having in my mind for years before about being a stay-at-home mom was not even a conversation that we had in real life. My husband and I never sat down and said, what would it look like for you to be able to stay home? Oh, wow. Because we both can do math because we went to school and it was not going to be a financial possibility. We had a mortgage. We already owned our first home. Um, and we, even though we both went to very good schools, we did not have high paying jobs. And so it was just, it wasn't even going to be a financial possibility. And so we never even sat down to look at what it would look like. So I don't want to, I don't want to be melodramatic and say my dreams of being a stay at home mom were shattered. Um, but we never even talked about it. It just, I, I kind of, accepted that that wasn't what was going to be the case for me. Uh, and a story that I really like to share because getting into the mom guilt, dad guilt, cause it sounds yeah. like we've got some dad guilt too. It's a thing. Sure. Uh, but that first day back at work after maternity leave, something really amazing happened. And that is that, and I remember it, it was one of those moments, you know, you know where you were on 9-11, you know where you were, you know, when you found out some big news, like I know where I was, I can envision my office. I know exactly how I was positioned at my desk. And it was about halfway through that first day back from my maternity leave. And I physically pushed back. I sat back in my chair and I had kind of this, like, like it almost took my breath away where I was like, holy moly. I really like working. Like, I like this. Like, I just, I have this beautiful 12 week old that I just dropped off at someone else's house to take care of her. And I love her. Like, I freaking love her more than I knew you could love a human. But I'm here at my desk and I really like working. And so, like, how do I reconcile that? And like, all of a sudden, I was kind of at peace of like, it's going to be okay. Me liking work doesn't make me a bad mom. Yeah. And I, yeah, I feel like we're very like, I think our brains are just organized in the way that you, you want to make something right and something wrong. And that somehow makes sense to your brain. Yeah. But what I feel like the world is full with more gray area than black and white. And thank goodness, I feel like we need to embrace more of the gray area too, because it can't mean just yeah. because you go to work, you're a bad mom or because you stay home, you have no, you know, career aspirations, because I'm thinking somewhere in the back of your mind, like, even though you said in high school, you said, I'm going to be a stay at home mom, like, that's my goal of what I'm going to do, just like my mom did. Then my question would be, then how do you make the decision that you're going to go to college, if you know, you're going to stay at home with your kids? That's the, that's the thought I was having. I don't know. Yeah. And yet this is also a problem that I work with a lot of my students on now. And what's funny is when I, and I know we're not to the business phase, but when I first started working with people, my former version of myself was my avatar. It was the person working the nine to five. They liked working. They liked producing. They liked having their own income, or maybe they even had to have their own income. And yet they weren't able to show up as the mom they wanted to be because of the constraints of the nine to five, the lack of flexibility, someone telling you where you have to be and when you have to be there. And, you know, in, in, in American culture today, I feel like, you know, the person who stays the latest is working the hardest. I'm like, what are they doing that they have to stay late that they didn't get their stuff done? Like to me, they're yes. the efficient person. You, you know? are not using your time wisely. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, like when I've been in nine to fives, I, I'm, I'm like, I want to head out before rush hour traffic. I'll go home, have yeah. some time with my kids, you know, nitpick things, get things done. But like, I, I like nose down from the time I get there till, you know, four o'clock and then I'm, I'm out, I'm out early. Totally. 
Totally. So I'm working with this avatar, right? Of these working moms who want this. And then all of a sudden, a few months into my business, I've got these stay-at-home moms creeping into my program. And I'm like, wait a minute, I wasn't even marketing to you. Like, what are you doing? And I realized there's this whole other avatar to my business. And it's the women who chose to stay home. They did well in high school. They went to college. They got a degree. They had a career. And then they were not faced with the same financial choice I was when I had to stay at work. They, or maybe they were, but for them, wherever they live, childcare didn't outweigh the benefit of them staying home and taking care of their own child. For whatever reason, they went down that path and they start to lose part of themselves. And I think you know, especially for someone who's wanted to be a parent their whole life, it's really easy to let your entire identity get wrapped up in that. And so these stay-at-home moms, they I'm a mom. That's what I do. I'm just a mom. I'm a mom. And all of a sudden they realize they're actually not that happy. Quote, I'm, I'm doing my air quotes, just being a mom. And that's because nobody's just one thing. They had a whole life before they had their kid. They had their own interests and their own passions. And I'm really excited that the thing that I built also works for them, right? Because that wasn't my intention, but they find a part of themselves. And it may not be that they need to make $5,000 a month. Maybe they just want to make $500 a month, but they feel complete because they have something that's just theirs. They can still be an awesome mom, but they can have something that they pursue that's theirs, you know, and it gives them that fulfillment that they had previously gotten from their career that, you know, there's nothing greater than, than caring for another human, but it, we got multiple itches. We got to scratch. And so, um, yeah, it's been really fascinating to see how my story resonates with people who, who walked a different road than me, but we're all kind of coming back to the same thing. I think it's interesting because we like we've talked over the years, we've talked to quite a few women in similar kinds of things like they have chosen to stay home or chosen to keep working. And it feels very binary, as you were saying a minute ago, Danielle. Uh, and it, and it, it like the 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 mindset around it is like you have to choose. Yeah. And so I'm going to I'm going to choose. And for and the choice to choose tends to be uh, toward being a stay at home mom. And or having guilt around wanting something uh, uh, more beyond in addition to being a mom. Well, and whereas with guys, it's completely the opposite. Oh, sure. Like my guilt. And when I talk to other guys who work from home or are entrepreneurs or things like that, um, the guilt is around not having the the punch card kind of a of a career. Right, mm-hmm. not having the stability, the security, the the substance of uh, going, getting up, going out, doing things, and then coming home. Yeah, that rhythm has been that. established. I've lived that with my husband. He is very entrepreneurial. He is more than me. He's the he's the visionary. I'm very CEO. Remember, I told you I'm Type A. Like I can run a ship, you know. But he's the visionary, super creative, uh, and he has left corporate America multiple times in our marriage. We've been married 10 years this year. Um, And every time he goes back, it's because an opportunity presents himself and it seems like the easy way, you know, and y'all know, like being an entrepreneur, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's hard. We make choices and sacrifices and take risks all the time. And I think he's had guilt throughout our relationship, especially since having children where he feels like he needs to be stable. Like I need to put what I want on hold so that I can be the man and you know, whatever. And he always comes full circle. So back to the beginning of this, I was telling you guys, my husband's off picking up my kids from preschool. That's because as of January this year, I have freed my daddy. So we have the free mama, but now my husband is again, a free daddy. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's come full circle for the Woo-hoo. Now, do you think he'll stay? Will he stay a free daddy? That's a hard, I, I don't know. Societal pressures are tough, man. I don't know. I hope so. He is happier. He's happier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we all are, right? We're happier when we, when we are more in tune to what we really want rather than, you know, what people say we should do. Totally. Okay. So speaking of your husband. Do you have that domain name? What? Free the dad. Yeah. the free daddy. Not yet. It sounds a little pornographic if I'm honest. I know. And so then it's just we've like... been playing with it. Is it like freelancing dad? Like, is it, it's gotta be something else, but, uh, I say, I say, just go for it. <laughs> go for free. Let, daddy. Like you'll yeah. get unexpected traffic, but you know, <laughs> it, <laughs> might be, it might they, be, it might be good. 
<laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, so I wanted to know, so how did you meet your husband in the first place? You said yeah. y'all met in college, paint us the scene. Totally. How did this go down? Yeah, so we, it's actually a really great story. So we, um, we met in New York City. I went to college in San Diego. I'm from Kansas. So when you're from Kansas, you go to college in San Diego. Uh, so I went to school. I was West Coast. He was going to school at University of Oklahoma. Uh, and we did a program. This was when internships um, were kind of essential to getting a job, right? Like after college, it's like internships were becoming a pretty big deal. You really, you kind of needed to have one to beef up your resume. And so uh, there was a very smart entrepreneur who made a business out of that. And so it was basically college camp for, uh, or like summer camp for college students. But instead of going to camp every day, they helped you beef up your resume and, and, and apply and get an internship in Manhattan. In, in New York City. And oh, wow. you lived in NYU's dorms and uh, during the summer camp internship. Wow. And then they brought in speakers every week. And then you got to go do excursions. So you got to go to a Broadway show. You got to go to a Yankees game. It was super great business idea. I actually still, I don't know if it's still around or not, um, but it was a program. It was called University of Dreams. It, was mm. Whoa. it does sound like a dream. I know it was. It was great. So this was like ter- early, early 2000s. Um, and uh, we both went uh, as participants one summer and we lived on the same floor of NYU's dorm. Uh, we had mutual friends and we actually never met. So for eight weeks, we lived on the same floor and we never met. Oh my the God. Next summer, we were actually both hired by the company, University of Dreams, to come back and work for them for the next summer's round of interns uh, to kind of help babysit them more or less because college sure. students need babysitters. So we were living together and working together in New York City uh, the year, the second year. So the first year we never met, it was not meant to be. Turns out he actually had a girlfriend at the time. So that was a little universe thing. We had to line things up a little bit differently, but but that's how we met. We met in New York City. Uh, we were friends first. Everybody else saw something. We're like, no, you guys are crazy. And then it turns out they were right. So. <laughs> oh. oh, I feel like the romance of New York City too. Like, okay, so what are- Oh, some... the whole thing. I know. The whole, the whole story. Like it was just destined. Well, I want to hear what were some of the romantic dates that you guys went on early in- early in your relationship in New York City because I feel like a like a rom-com coming on in my mind. It is. It is. So we actually, we really were just friends most of the summer until we weren't. Um, there was uh, some alcohol involved the first time that the transition was made. But one, one <laughs> date that we did go on before we left for the summer, um, we went to the Mets game. We were, again, chaperoning all of these internships at a Mets game. Um, and then we left early. I don't remember why. I don't remember how. I don't. He may have had it planned. I don't know. And we actually went to Top of the Rock and we had our first non-alcohol induced uh smooch so it was very top of the rock nbc studios at nighttime it was very romantic oh my gosh he had to have that planned out (laughs) it worked Hey there, it's Danielle and Justin. We'll get back to this week's show in just a moment, but we are super excited to share a brand new opportunity for you to invest in your marriage. I mean, you've got a good life, great kids, a nice job, a nice house, but you find yourself stuck in the roommate zone. Dun, dun, dun. You know the roommate zone, right? Oh yeah, it's that place where you're wrapped up in the business of life and the busyness and missing real intimacy and connection. It's a lousy place to be. And eventually it leads to a crisis. And the truth is, isolation, that's the enemy. Every couple struggles sometimes and we all need the coaching, resources, and community to come around and support us. Now we realize not everyone can afford personal coaching or counseling. And so we wanted to make it super easy for everyone to be able to invest consistently in their marriage and get the coaching and the resources and the support they need and have some fun along the way. Of course, that's why we've created Legendary Marriage Tribe. You can get transformational life coaching, awesome online training and resources, and of course, a powerful community that will support and encourage you. So if you're ready to transform your marriage and your family forever, find out more over at legendarymarriage.com slash tribe. Now back to the show. So I want to know, so you guys decide to have kids. Obviously you were thinking, 
you'd always have kids, probably 12. So <laughs> how did this kind of go down? You guys decide to have kids and then um, you were, were you still working your nine to five at that time when you had your first? Yeah. So it actually took us a year to get pregnant, uh, with my oldest who is now seven. Um, and I think a big part of that was because of the job that I was working at the time, it was super stressful. I was super low paying. Uh, if you want to, since we're going the movie route, if you want to imagine like devil wears Prada, it was kind of that scenario. Uh, So I, I was, I was in publishing. I was an assistant. I was doing marketing and events. So I worked all the time. It had tons of perks. I got to go to all the best events in town. Um, I got to do really, really fun stuff and I got to expand my network like crazy, but I did it for pennies. And it was one of those scenarios where if I got an email at 10 or a text at midnight, the expectation was that you answered. Um, and now I've learned the lesson that people will treat you how you let them. But 22 year old Lauren was a little green, you know? So I did that and I jumped as high as they wanted me to jump. And it was just, it was very, very stressful. And, um, I knew it wasn't going to work. I knew that wouldn't be sustainable when we had a family. So I started looking for another job and it was actually the same month that I accepted another position at a different company that we found out we were pregnant. So I think that was again, kind of the universe going like, you can't handle this over here. So we're going to wait until you shift gears. Um, and, and that was the job that I worked the whole time I was pregnant. It's really fun to tell a brand new employer you're pregnant, by the way, as a woman, it's just great. So I did that. Uh, I literally found out. Okay. Lauren, do you have like, this will get me fired up for sure. Do you, you have a way that that makes sense in the world that you can hire a pregnant woman or, and you shouldn't have to be secretive about it. And like that makes me great. It makes me crazy. I actually got a new job. I know I'm getting fired up. Yeah. It is so much fun to, to, in these conversations with you and another, another strong woman. Like I just love this. Well, I got a new job when I was about uh, maybe about 12 weeks pregnant with my oldest. And there... This was... I this was, was not... Because, because we got, she got laid off like three days after we found out we were pregnant. People were very invested in me getting pregnant. And then the day I was going to announce it, I got laid off. Ooh. But it, it was hard. It was... Which ooh. made for a really hilarious announcement. Because they're like at the staff meeting, they're like, okay, um, you know, so Danielle and so-and-so and these, these people are, are all leaving and we're so sad to see them transition and everything. And did, did, did anyone, did ladies, did, or, you know, Danielle, did you want to say anything? And she goes, yeah. Oh, and by the way, we're pregnant. And it was just like the most painful, awkward silence you could ever beautiful. imagine. It was beautiful. What do they say? Your mess is your message. This is why yeah. we're telling this story. It yes, is not good exactly. when you're going through it, but you can so, tell it in past tense. <laughs> yeah, but when I get hired on at this new job, of course, I do not say anything to my boss about being pregnant. I say not one word about it. And then when I start, like, I don't know, a week or two later, some of the other people that I was working with, it was mostly a female office. And the ladies were like, because uh, there were a couple of ladies that were actually exactly the same amount of pregnant that I was. It was so weird. There were like three of us that had due dates like right in a row. And they were like, you're pregnant, right? And I was like, yeah. Did you tell the boss? No. And then, so I had to say, you know, of course I'm like starting a show and I'm like, oh yeah, I am pregnant, but you know, thank you for hiring me. And I feel like there was a lot, like a thought that I was misleading them. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't know. Did you feel that way or did they feel that way? I think it was probably both. But I think if I would have said I was pregnant, I probably would not have gotten the job. Which is illegal. I know, yeah. but I think it's true though. Probably. Anyways, but... So I couldn't hide mine because I'm a puker. So... Ew, no. Yeah, so when you have to run to the bathroom to puke like every 10 minutes, it's uh, it's really hard to cover that kind of stuff up. So they knew... Um, but anyway, so yes, I, I was working, I was working the nine to five. This was the same one I had, if you want to get on another soapbox with me, it was an unpaid maternity leave. Uh, so I was there I had an unpaid maternity leave. It's the one that I went back from. And I told you earlier, uh, I had my aha moment of like, oh my gosh, I can do both. 
but it was actually, if you want to flash forward two years, so my oldest two are exactly two years apart. Their birthdays are, are four days apart from each other. Um, and it was when my son Henry was born that I realized, yes, I love working. I love producing. I love creating. I love making money. I do not like doing it for someone else. So that was kind of my second aha moment. And I think it's that you know, going from one to two kids, it's tough. It's a whole nother tiny human who needs you. Um, and at this point, you know, since we're talking marriage at this point, my relationship with my husband is not solid. He is number 12 on my list of priorities in my world at this point, you know, it was basically yeah. baby, uh, toddler boss, uh, coworkers. I might've been somewhere in there. Like, don't let the house catch on fire. And then like, what's your name again? Like he literally, it was, he was not a priority. And I don't say this proudly, but I say it honestly, that was that season of life. He was last. Um, and, and it was, I, I don't know if this is ironic or maybe, maybe it all actually makes sense looking back on it, but it was actually during that time that he originally quit. Uh, no, this was the second time that he left corporate to start a business. So I think he probably was going, all right, well, she's got everything else on lockdown. So I'm going to go pursue my passion so that I can, you know, get what I need, um, yeah. out of life kind of thing. And, and so that, that was that phase of our life. It was busy. It was crazy. Um, it was stressful. Uh, and I was plowing through uh, the world of the internet looking for solutions. Um, you know, I did network marketing, I did blogging, I did surveys, I did secret shoppers because that sounded cool, but it's not. Um, like, I mean, I tried all the things. I tried all the things. And for me, it wasn't until I realized that, remember, I'm an overachiever. I'm a, I did good in school. I did good in college. I did good in my job so far. And I realized I could take those same skills and apply them to services for business owners and entrepreneurs and have complete control over what I did as a freelancer. Had you kind of forgotten that? Had it been, had like the fog kind of set in and... Totally, totally. And a big part of this too, um, I it's very funny. If we would have done this interview even a year ago... I'm really not the same person. Now I have no problem taking risks. I do it all the time. I chuck spaghetti against the wall with my audience and I'm like, it worked. Or I'm like, they hated it. Like, and I don't even think twice, but uh, you're talking to a recovering perfectionist uh, who was very risk averse. That's how much pain I was in when I was looking for a solution. My life was not working. Um, my marriage was not, it wasn't, you know, I, I don't say that to mean like we were talking about getting divorced, but we surely weren't happy. We weren't thriving. We were just living, you know, we were maintaining. Uh, and, and, and that trickled down, you know, to our kids and to everything else. And so, uh, yeah, I think I forgot it. And, and it's interesting. I, I wrote a book and my, my introduction to my book always gets comments. Like people will private message me. They're like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And the first line is something along the lines of when I was eight years old, I sold stolen beer to golfers on the golf course. And made <laughs> And so like I, I bypassed the lemonade stand as a child. We lived on a golf course. I used to sell back. They would hit golf balls in my yard and I would sell it back to him for a quarter. Like it was in me all along, but I think we grow up. And again, like we were talking about society's expectations and why we feel guilty. And, you know, for men and for women, this is not, this is not, you know, a one-sided thing. And I think I just did, I always did what I thought was next. You know, you go, going back to your question, why go to college if you want to be a stay-at-home mom? Well, cause that's what white middle-class people did in Kansas. I don't know. Like, I can't answer that. That's just what you did next. And then you go to college and then you get a job. Like that's, that's what you do next. And then you get married and you get pregnant because that's what you do next. Like, I think I was just doing things because I, I wasn't thinking about it. I think that was the problem. I wasn't thinking about what I was doing. It's just what you did. And it wasn't until I was hurting that I started to do something about it and look around and go like, this is not, this is crap. This isn't what I signed up for at all. And it wasn't about becoming a stay at home mom for me. It was about creating a life that I actually enjoyed. And for me, that included working and I didn't feel guilty about it. 
I'm wondering too, like if you could talk to girls that are 17, 18 right now, and they're making those decisions, you know, everybody's having like their graduation um, parties right now. And they're like, what are you doing next? Like, what are you going to do with your life and all that stuff? I remember that feeling like a very overwhelming question. Like, what are you going to do with your life? Oh my gosh, geez. I I have no idea, but I'm going to just start doing something like, um, would you advise women? I've always thought women, men, whatever. I don't know that it's the wisest thing to go right into college after high school. What do you think? Oh, I told you I'm not the same person y'all. So remember box Lauren, she did really good in school. She liked school. She excelled in school. Like my husband and I frequently talk about, like, I don't think we're going to pay for our kids college. Like if they want to go, they need to, they need to figure that out. And because I want them to have skin in the game. Just like I tell my students, like the reason you spend a thousand dollars on my program is because you got to want it. You got to do the work. I can't do it for you. Right. Like you, you have to have that skin in the game. Um, now I'm not, don't hold me to this and come back to me in 11 years and ask if I'm paying for Daphne's college. But like, uh, we, we question these things though, in a way that we never used to. Um, I think colleges and universities are the greatest marketers of all time. I think as an online entrepreneur uh, and marketer, I I think we could all learn a lot of lessons from colleges and universities because they sure have 18 year olds in this country sold that it's what you got to do or their parents hundreds of thousands (laughs) of dollars in debt. And then they're coming and signing up for my program as a side hustle. So they're keeping the nine to five. They need a side hustle just to pay for that financial commitment they made that didn't deliver on what it promised in terms of a career. So yeah, you want to talk, we girl, we can go back and forth on soapboxes for sure. Um, I, <laughs> and I hate to even ask this because no one ever <laughs> asks men this question. Um, but so how do you do it all? How do you do both? How I, are I love this question. I love yeah. this question. I don't, I 100%, this, you're getting into, this is my mission. Um, and Justin, earlier you talked about choosing. So the mission of the free mama is to make sure that no mother has to choose between her family and financial stability. That is our mission. Um, you shouldn't have to choose. I believe with every ounce of my being that you can have it all. I love my life. There is very, very little I would change about my life right now. And most of it revolves around the attitude of my two-year-old and I just got to wait it out. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Like I, I, I really have worked very hard to get to a point where I'm very satisfied with how my life looks like. Um, and that was not so just a few number of years ago. So I believe we can have it all. Uh, the only way to have it all is to not do it all. I don't even come close. I now have a team of eight. Now, don't get me wrong. There was a hustle phase. I had to work yeah. really, really freaking hard. I had to stick my head down. I had to stay up late. I had to stop watching Netflix. I had to stop going, meeting friends for coffee. Like I had to give stuff up short term so that I could build it right. So that it could exist. We hired a cleaning lady. That was something I never thought I'd do because I had the mentality of if I can do it, I should do it. Are you kidding me? That is the best money I spend every single month and I am happier. And guess what? Science shows that people who delegate things that they don't enjoy are statistically happier. So woo hoo. We have somebody who cuts our yard. I don't want to do it. Houston is hot. It is not a good time. It's something I used to do. I can do it but I choose not to. Why? So that I can spend the part of the day doing the work that I need to do in my business. And then I can spend the rest of it being with my family. Yeah. We make choices. We all, I always say like, and I'm actually not a huge like Beyonce fan. I'm more of a Britney Spears kind of gal, but you know, Beyonce has 24 hours in a day. If Queen B has 24 hours in a day yeah. and you do too, what's she doing differently? Well, she's got a whole freaking army behind her. So who's your army? right? Do you live near family? Do you have family you can leverage? Do you have friends you can leverage? Do you have people you can outsource to other business owners? Like what, what is it that you want and get over yourself? So you feel guilty because you're trying to do it all and you're doing it poorly. So get some stuff off your plate. Let people help you. Grocery delivery service. Oh my gosh. When I talk to moms and do you know how lucky we are to live in a day where you can order your groceries online and they show up at your door? Are you kidding me? And you're going to tell me you don't want to do it because you want to pick out your own produce. Let go, let go, let people help you. You know what I mean? Like this is my soapbox. Like the only way to have it all. The only way is to stop trying to do it all. Mm. You can't. You cannot. It's interesting. Uh, uh, 
for women, you're forced. It seems like you, you ladies are forced to make a choice there, right? You can have one or the other. Having it all is, is, is a whole different ball game for guys. I, I feel like we're not given a choice. Like it is go to work, get paid. And like, and that's it. That there, there is no choice. There's no all. There's Enter just, the free daddy. I'm yeah. telling you what, right? Is there a free market? Daddy.com coming is soon. Is there a market? Parentheses, not a porn website. I, I'm telling him all the time. He's <laughs> living it right now. And what's so funny is he doesn't listen to anything I say. I'm like, you know, people pay me a lot of money to teach them how to do this. And I've had to watch him learn everything himself the hard way. Like sure. every single Yeah. But I, and I remind him and I remind myself for my own sanity. I tell him, I'm like, you are building the foundation for something. You really are because he's totally a family guy. My husband is, but he is also very driven. He's very entrepreneurial and he likes money. Like I do too, but he likes it more than me probably. And, and so he wants to go out there and get it, but he wants to get in the pool with his kids. He wants to be there to, to, you know, go pick them up from school. That's just as important to him. And I, I, Justin, I just want to honor you because you're right. This is a conversation that I feel like we don't, we certainly haven't figured it out as women, but we at least have the conversation. Work-life balance is a, is a phrase we hear a lot, but when we're talking about it, we're usually referring to mom, right? And I love that you're, that you are being a part of this and, and having the conversation. And I like that it's something that I get to have uh, with my husband as well, because you know, I don't, I, he has sold his soul to corporate on more than one occasion. He's not happy. I'm not happy. The kids don't have a relationship with him. And that's not the kind of life that he wants. And it's not the kind of marriage that I signed up for. So I love, yeah. I, I, I like it. Preach uh, it, I think, sister. He, I think your husband and I are kindred spirits. I know. I was thinking like everything that just came out of your mouth is exactly what Justin's yeah. going to. We yeah. can hook up a mandate, which is something That's else great. we don't talk about with men, right? Like I'm all about community. My community is so solid. Like we build relationships online. I've actually been traveling every month this year to go host meetups at different cities around the country all year. Like it's awesome. a big priority for me to like bring women together. That is like totally a neglected thing for men, I feel like. It's like, do yeah. this alone. You're fine. You don't need friends. I'm like, everybody needs friends. Like yeah. everybody needs friends. Well, that that lone wolf storyline yeah. that gets fed to guys, which is eh. utter and complete And BS. then it puts a lot of pressure on your spouse to be the be-all end-all. Like, totally. you don't have any friends? Okay, I guess I'm your only friend then. Like, okay. <laughs> She's not complaining, Justin. She's just saying. Yeah, felt get, a little like she was complaining. Get some friends. No, I have didn't. my monthly mandate. I know I you have do. My thing. Awesome. You have, like, don't be painting the picture like that. You have bro time. You do, you do. But <laughs> the challenge is too, is like, I think like you're saying, Lauren, I feel like many more women understand yeah. that you do need friends. Like you need happy hour you need to go grab a cup of coffee with your girls. And I think it has to do with the fact that we can just sit down and talk and be with each other. But guys, it's easier for them. Like, let's go golfing together or let's go rock climbing or whatever. Some there kind has of shared activity there has and we're to, good. Yeah. There has to be an activity. But the thing is that I feel like that probably takes more effort and intentionality um, for guys. to. They're not necessarily you know, going to be comfortable with, Hey, just come on over and let's hang out. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe sure. bring a six pack or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Bring a six pack for us, a six pack, a kombucha, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get some, be some Buddha brew over here. Um, okay. So Lauren, I want to know just kind of in starting to wrap up here, like I want to know realistically, logistically, what are the, besides the outsourcing piece, what are kind of the the boundaries or the ways? Because we need to listen up on this. We're getting some free consulting, Justin. Yeah, we we are. We are. It's yes. funny you're talking about like having your team and everything. And we've been for two and a half years. We've been in this place with legendary marriage and my coaching practice and everything, where we've been the like bootstrapping yeah, DIYers yeah. and. You know, we've made now some we have to and, hire some people to help, and and we're yeah. we're we're in the process of hiring a VA and fi- you know getting somebody to help with producing the podcast and, and somebody to help with social media and yeah. you, you know, know I've trained about a thousand people to do what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, ah, well I, our our the VA that we're talking about hiring, I'm I think is one of your students. So no way. I don't remember if that's how we got connected or what. Oh, that's awesome. 
what are the kind of boundaries that you put in place so that you can work and stay home with your kids? Yeah. Um, and I love that you're using the word boundaries, by the way, I think the three sexiest words in the English language are communication, expectations, and boundaries. I teach them Ooh. all day long. It is like okay. good stuff. Um, so for me, there's physical boundaries. So right now I'm in my office. Uh, this is my office, which became a source of contention when my husband also started working from home, but I'm like, I got here three years ago. So you go find somewhere else. So when he first started working from home, he was working in the kitchen that has no physical boundaries. Our kids would come home from school. He was frustrated. They were excited. It did not end well. So we bought him a desk off Amazon and we stuck it in our bedroom. Why? Because I'm not in our bed. Yes, it's our bedroom, but I'm not in there during the day. I'm in the office. So he can go in there. He can close the door and he got physical boundaries. Um, There's also going to be like time boundaries. So for me, my calendar is pretty much set from nine to two. I work nine to two Monday through Thursday, most weeks. Um, Like this podcast is going a little over. Like there's always exceptions, but it's like you were talking about earlier. It's the gray area. Like, yes, we need to have boundaries, but we have to also understand that by prioritizing, we can make good decisions, even if it starts to push the bounds a little bit, right? Like what if I want to go to something at my kid's school from nine to two, right? I time block it. I put it on my calendar. Um, so for time boundaries, I really recommend time blocking, which I just referenced. If you are not a time blocker, please start, like start now. Um, I love Google calendar. I can't speak highly enough. You can color code it. Uh, and then I think the other thing for me in terms of not feeling guilty is Yes, we want to compartmentalize, but again, back to your gray area reference, the free mama is the gray area, right? We have the lean in movement, the climb the corporate ladder, girl power, and we need it. It's important. It didn't resonate to me. Then we have the stay at home mom, Pinterest moms making their own food and doing their own clothing. And I can't do that either. Right. So to me, the free mama movement is about that space in between where you can do both and you can do both well. And I think something that's important to remember is that it blends. When we talk about work-life balance, we want our work always here and our family always here, but it doesn't always work that way. You know what I mean? What if you get an idea while you're playing dominoes with your kid? Are you just supposed to forget it? Go freaking write it down and then get back to dominoes. It's what you were doing, but you can still go write it down. Like we're going to have these intersections. We're going to have a kid who walks in on a call. It happened on my coaching call before this. My daughter's home for my oldest is home. School's out. She walked in. I could have made it a really big deal. I could have gotten mad at her or I could say, hey, come here, Daphne, say hi to everybody. Okay, you need to go finish coloring, right? Physical boundaries, close the door on your way out. I'm in my office. Um, So I think it's, you got to learn how to communicate them with everybody around you. You know, with the example with my husband, it was the kitchen isn't working. I think we need to talk about where you can have your own space. Okay, kids, when mommy's office is closed, you don't come in. Are they going to make mistakes? Yeah, they're seven, five, and two. They do it all the time. But guess what? I make mistakes all the time too. And then giving yourself that grace that there's going to be some, it, there's going to be some crossover because especially the entrepreneurs listening. I don't know if we've got nine to fivers. You got a little more of a divide being at work, but even then you've got sick days, right? Well, what do you do when your kid's sick? Somebody's got to be with your kid, right? We have to make these choices. Um, But I think if you can start to outline your boundaries, what they should be, your time boundaries, your physical boundaries, and then you communicate them well with your family and and treat it like you're on the same team, uh, you can avoid some stuff that would otherwise show up. I love what you're saying too. And I also hear you saying that when you're playing dominoes, like you can be more present with that too. You're not like sitting there with your laptop and like, you know, half working and half playing dominoes. It's like, you can be fully present here and then you can be fully present here. Yeah. So I love that too. All right. So tell us a little bit in the last few minutes we have, tell us a little bit about uh, what you offer, how you help uh, mamas become free and where we can find you and, and all of that. Cause I'm super excited for our, for our folks to hear about it. Awesome. Well, like we said, my name is Lauren Golden. I'm the founder of the Free Mama and the Free Mama Movement. And I help moms free themselves from the nine to five uh, by starting a successful freelancing business from home uh, so that they can live a totally awesome guilt-free life. I love what I do. I have a signature 12-week program. Um, I've had over a thousand students go through it, which is insane. Uh, I have a community on Facebook. It's where I like to hang out the most because I'm old and I'm not cool enough for Snapchat or Instagram. Uh, But you can find it at the Free Mama (laughs) Movement. Um, I also have a YouTube channel where we put out new uh, training videos and content every single Tuesday uh, on Free Mama TV. So you can check me out there as well. 
Oh, awesome. so awesome. Lauren Golden, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. All right. So I am, in some ways, the conversation with Lauren is a reminder. It was, it's like motivation again, inspiration again for us. Like we've been on this mission to create a, a, a work-life balance thing where our, where our work funds our life and, and supports it and works in a lifestyle that we want to have. And so I just, I love Lauren's perspective on it. I love the work that she's doing. And, I, you know, the, work is changing. Yeah. It has to. It used to be that we would, everyone had to like leave and go off. Like, and, and now it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad because for eight years, we've been able to, both be really engaged parents. Um, and that's something that means a lot to me. Yeah. That, that's a big part of my mission and my purpose and, and my desire in life. I know you really resonated with the free daddy movement too, that yes. they're trying to build. So, all right. So we are now in the talk about it. And the now show. the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. We really need to dial down the cheesiness about never eighty percent. Never. All right. Here's your conversation starter question: What would get you a step closer to that work-life balance? Why you gotta say it like that? I felt like it was like very zen, yeah. like the work-life balance. What would get you a step closer to that? And I think it's important to think in terms of steps here. Mm-hmm. When you have this conversation, like it's, it's easy to go, well, I dream of this end result of working two hours of a week and making $2 million a month. <laughs> sure. Um, but it's like, it's, it's tiny steps to get there. It's, yeah. it's tiny steps. And like the research is in. Big, hairy, audacious goals tend to crush us tiny micro habits mm. that we put into place. So, so talk about the dream, but, but also like what's one, t- one small step you can take. Hey, That's- share that thing that stands out to you from this episode over in our free community on Facebook. Yeah, legendarymarriage.com slash community. Well, that's it for today's show. Oh. You can find more about this episode in the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 140. Hey, last thing, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and so other couples can find us. Snap a screenshot of your review, share it on our Facebook page, and we will draw two lucky names at the end of the month. You could win a signed copy of a book from one of our guests and other cash and prizes. Oh, my goodness. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you. Don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.